You're listening to episode 116 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hello, and welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited to have you along for this discussion with Patrick Givens, the VP of Vayner Smart, a division, of course, of Vayner Media. This one's really fun for me because I feel like we are closing a loop. Some of you may know that when I first got started in voice technology and all the different things that I'm doing now in voice technology, you know, one of the biggest influences on me was Gary Vaynerchuk, the CEO and, uh, and founder of VaynerMedia. Well, VaynerSmart is the smart technology division of the company, and it gives me real pleasure to have Patrick Givens, as I said, the VP of VaynerSmart on the podcast to talk about their approach now to voice technology, how they use that as part of an overall marketing plan, and we also get into some really interesting discussion about how they are leveraging Lexi skills and voice technology to be able to leverage all the content that Gary Vaynerchuk has put out and we get into some ethical questions. Uh, it's a really, really interesting discussion. I hope you will enjoy it. Just before we jump into the podcast itself, I want to mention, and this is kind of, again, inspired by Gary Vaynerchuk, I really want to feature the community. I want to give back to the community, but at the same time, I am starting to work on a website about me, a personal brand, myself, Dr. Terry Fisher, and I'm holding a contest for those that have some creativity in them or they have design uh, skills, I'd love to have a contest to to create a logo for Dr. Terry Fisher. So I will speak more about that at the end of the podcast. For now, let's jump into uh, the show with Patrick Givens. All right. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Patrick Givens to the podcast. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Hey, Terry. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, let's start off with uh, getting you to introduce yourself to the listeners, and then we'll get into all the cool stuff that you guys are doing with VaynerSmart. Sure thing. I'm uh, vice president and the head of a division of VaynerMedia, which is a full-service digital agency, and my division is called VaynerSmart. So we oversee all things emerging tech, and really pertinent to today's topics, voice is really front and center for us, and it's been a big focus since I came over and founded the group in 2016. Okay, great. So you've been there since 2016. Uh, Were you guys working on voice that early? So somewhat, I'll say when I came in in 2016, the ambition was pretty open-ended. It was VaynerMedia as a digital agency. We cover creative production, media, and strategy across digital channels. But at that time, our focus really was pretty firmly in social. Uh, That's definitely our heritage. And then my mandate when coming in was, what are the next sets of channels that are going to matter for our brands and where we want to develop capabilities? So it wasn't founded as a voice division per se, but then pretty quickly there in 2016, when Alexa started to open up for third-party developers, it made a lot of sense. And still today, it's not the only place we play. We also do a lot in connected retail, connected packaging, augmented reality, things of that nature. But voice, just based on what a great fit it is for a lot of the experiences we're trying to design and the support of some of the bigger platforms to help scale the interactions has been a huge focus for us. Great. Oh, there's so much there to unpack. That's fantastic. So, um, so you started diving into voice then at some point. Um, how did you get first involved in voice? So what were the first kind of steps that you took and what did you guys do? Yeah, it actually arose pretty organically. We had a brief and this is something we've 
uh, spoken publicly about one of our large clients is Diageo Spirits and Johnny Walker is the brand in particular. So we had a brief right as I was getting going from Johnny Walker to help extend a program they had actually been running for a few years they called Whiskey Mentorship. Basically going to sit down with a master of whiskey, do a guided tasting of some of their spirits portfolio. And this is something that when someone goes and sits down around the table, uh, you have both really deep immersive experience and they had seen tremendous returns in terms of lifetime value from that. Once it makes sense, right? Think about it in your own mind. I think of this, uh, if I were to go to a wine tasting or a spirit tasting, anything like that, the next time I'm either at a bar or a restaurant, I might be more inclined to go for ordering that one. I know a little more about it. And if nothing else, I'm going to tell everybody at the table, a couple of these probably little annoying facts that I've learned. Um, right. Yeah, you had seen that be super successful, but inherently that program, when it's capped at, you know, the five to 10 people who can sit around a table with a master whiskey at a time, you're capped on scale. So their ambition was, what can we do to scale this? And then the important piece that we unpacked pretty quickly there was, there's a lot of tools in every agency and every brand's arsenal in terms of delivering scale, but how can you get scale without sacrificing all of the immersion and impact? And that pretty quickly became the brief to us. And we checked out a lot of different opportunities. And in fact, when we started working on that voice and an Alexa skill at that time, 2016, was one of the tactics we tried, but we also did in a video series. We also did a Facebook Messenger experience we also built on the live tasting side. And over about a year of piloting in those different channels, we saw some, some real traction in voice, both in terms of numbers of users, and admittedly back in 2016, it was a pretty different landscape in terms of quantity of skills and discovery. Sure. Uh, but also just depth of those sessions, even where the quantity can ebb and flow based on promotion, we were seeing people spend a lot of time with this experience and it was really, instructive, I'd say, what we could learn from the paths they started to take through the experience. We could start to see which of the labels people chose more frequently. Was there a place for drop-off? And so a lot of the principles that you'll hear consistently in product design in general and voice in particular here of getting an MVP out, seeing how it operates and starting to optimize towards where people are going, this was a great testing ground for that. So we got that start kind of organically, built this experience and iterated on it over a couple of years. And then increasingly both other VaynerMedia clients and actually those who weren't previously clients, but who were really interested in exploring the voice ecosystem started to come our way and see where we could apply some of these same principles to their businesses. That's really cool. The idea, just that idea that you started off by saying where you can take that re really immersive experience of sitting down with a mentor and put that into voice. How, how did you, it might be difficult to articulate that, I don't know, but how do you do that? How did you actually you know, create that experience for someone. Yeah, the, well, two things. There's sort of the technical side and then maybe the broader experience design project. And the experience design one might be even a little more interesting to dig into. So first and foremost, we went to several of these whiskey tasting sessions. So that was the most fun research I got. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and it was important that we recorded them because I didn't always remember everything afterwards. But <laughs> it was part of that experience of sitting down, both doing the experience ourselves and then in other cases, observing groups doing them. And part of what we learned quickly was the facts of the thing are you know, a small part of it, but you could read that on in, just in text or you could watch a video that told you those kind of quick facts about each label. Sure. Um, the part that really resonated was the personality of the masters of whiskey, effectively really well-instructed brand ambassadors. Hmm. It made it so fun. Everybody was smiling and laughing the whole time and having a great time. So the personality was really critical. 
Um, and now the MVP version of that experience when we put it out in market was done with text-to-speech. It was not done with recorded voice. Um, that was purely a production consideration. I think we would all, even back then in 2016, have held that for a full production, we would love to have used recorded voice and developed some personality, maybe even a range of voices. So over mm -hmm. time, you can start to pick which master of whiskey or which personality. Uh, yeah. I think that the elements of personality were obvious and important from the very beginning. We tried to address that as best we could through copywriting, through working in little one-liners and not being so factual the whole way through, um, but definitely had test versions where it was done with scratch track recorded audio. And over time, that would be the ambition, I think, is we've seen you know study after study reiterating also that the resonance of human voices over uh, voice assistants just is greater recall, greater affinity for the experience afterwards sure. when it's delivered in a recorded human voice. And the quality of that production, I think, gets to be really important. That's great. It sounds like as if you're you really were trying to create almost like a persona for what for what the Alexa is saying. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think we, personas there. Yeah, we actually did a little exercise early on of kind of almost a persona definition matrix, depending on which topic we were covering, who is it that was actually speaking at the moment? And how did we address that? That's been something that's come up in other experiences we've built too. Uh, more, our most recent update, just over the last couple of weeks, we put out a, uh, a new iteration on, on a, an experience for NPR here in the States, uh, Wait, Wait Quiz, so the interactive extension of their show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And in that one, there are moments, it's actually delivered primarily, maybe actually almost entire skill now, through the voices of the hosts of the show. Oh, wow. So that we've gone all the way to the other extreme, where because they are so engaged and leaned in, and see the potential in, for them as a publisher in this new audience channel, they're actually adding this into their weekly editorial cadence with the radio and podcast show. And so that takes a huge amount of commitment from a client and for a client where this product isn't their core business, but is more of a marketing expense, you might not be able to get that kind of sustained engagement for a publisher where their systems are built to be regularly putting out high quality content. Great. They were willing to lean in and they're, you have all the kind of roles of characters, for lack of a better term, uh, the personas within the skill, actually mapping to the real people whose voices you're hearing. Wow, that's fantastic. That is a big commitment from them then. And are, yeah. are they creating content specifically for the skill or are they taking content from their other channels and then putting that in the skill? Specifically for the skill. So wow. that you can get either one on Alexa. You can either play the radio show and the podcast and just Alexa, play, wait, wait, don't tell me or the wait, wait quiz, which is a bespoke experience for voice. And it, it's interactive. It is unique clues and answers that are specifically for that kind of almost bonus episode each week. So yeah, a big, I mean, it's an added task for the writers of the show to do that weekly content. You know, we worked with them to design an experience that and build a CMS, frankly, that made that as templated as possible. So it tries to limit the added lift on them. But in addition, they do still need to do that regular content creation, recording all the rest. That's really interesting. And, and sort of on, on a systems level, then the fact that somebody like that is investing so much time and energy into a voice channel. Can you talk about the, your experience with different brands and different companies and where they see voice sitting in their overall uh, marketing strategies? Then? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's actually, especially in 2020, become a key focus for us. I'd say if you just to give that a little context, I mentioned we started off with this a skill, which then we ported over to be a Google action at the Johnny Walker experience back in 2016. 
for those first couple of years, 16, 17, even 2018, we were doing quite a lot of third party voice app, whether it be a skill and action or on another platform, design and development of those experiences. That is still a meaningful part of our business, but increasingly the focus has been shifting to more strategy and consultation. And so as we're engaged as a consultant in these spaces, it's to answer exactly the question you just posed there. It's what is this emerging landscape? How do I understand it? And we can talk about even defining the term voice there, right? So you've got your voice platforms, you've got building in voice commands into core product and the ability to, uh, to handle that as kind of an interface layer to another product. You've got where you might look at this as publishing channels and then increasingly the intersection of an air quote voice with what we might think of as streaming platforms. And so you've got the beginnings of conversational ad units on Spotify and on Pandora. And so are those interactive voice platforms today? Well, Pandora has a voice assistant. You can start to play these channels over smart speakers and access them via voice assistants. Um, we're trying to look kind of collectively at that whole voice and new audio ecosystem and say for our clients, what are both the paid and owned marketing and product opportunities there? Hmm. That's the fundamental question that most of our clients are coming to us to begin with today. And so by working through that first and foremost, and we've developed some pretty efficient consulting products uh, to try to get to a, a meaningful path forward, um, we, we try to say that's going to be in anywhere from six to eight week engagement to come through that with a pretty strong mutual understanding of the state of play. So first and foremost, education, mm -hmm. we just think better informed client is going to be able to make well-advised decisions. And we'd rather work with folks who are going to kind of lean in with us in that capacity and then get to that strategy relatively quickly. It doesn't mean we have every question answered. It doesn't mean that we pretend to know where this entire landscape is going to go in five years. But I think we have directionally where both user behaviors are trending, what platform capabilities are evolving, and really importantly, what the hardware ecosystem is starting to look like. Mm -hmm. So the new contexts in which these experiences are happening. And based on that, we can start to work from a client's business challenges back to what the right solutions might be rather than from capabilities forward. Um, you know, it's a little punchy way to say it, but we talk about being user-led tech-enabled. You might even say in these cases, business-led tech-enabled. The point being, just because we can do something on a voice platform doesn't mean it's useful to a business and doesn't mean it merits the investment, but sometimes it might. So we're going to try and work with clients to help give them a great working understanding of the landscape, keep them apprised of the very latest capabilities, and uncover those opportunities where they do make sense, but also be realists about the volume you can anticipate. So in terms of where it fits in a business mix and what our clients are interested in, it has shifted away from third-party apps for many clients. For some, it's actually, for NPR being one, where it is closer to their core products, a new channel that you could start to monetize through sponsorship of ad of groups or eventually through premium content models, things of that nature. You're really covering the whole gamut. That's great. And so a lot of these, these companies are coming to you. They have this advising piece, this consulting piece. And then I'm assuming then a lot of them will choose to then um, use you guys to then actually develop the skill on top of it. Is that That's, correct? Yeah, that is absolutely on offer and is the case in a lot, a lot of cases. Yeah. But it's pretty important to us that we actually keep those. I wouldn't say it's a church and state division. There's a lot of similar people because we have you know, a relatively small set of domain experts who are really dedicating their time to staying up in the space. So there is some crossover between teams, certainly. And there's definitely efficiencies if we've done a lot of thinking and planning to then work with us on the build, of course. Uh -huh. That said, it is really important that when we start one of the consulting engagements, it not be in any way the preconception that it's going to necessarily build. 
Um, I'll give you an example there actually, <clears throat> excuse me, as we follow out that thread with Diageo, where mm -hmm. over the years, what, and Johnny Walker is still a live experience. We also built a portfolio-wide recipe experience uh, that covered outside of just the Johnny Walker Scotch brand, but to a bunch of different Diageo spirits. That one's called Happy Hour, and it's different cocktail recipes, right? So in 2017, I believe, was when we began the design process on Happy Hour, rolling that out, and then the latest guidance from the platform side, and something we thought might make a lot of sense, was try and align to a known user intent. And rather than, we already had the Johnny Walker branded experience there, so rather than going really brand forward, and also for a, a business like Diageo's, where the master brand isn't necessarily consumer facing in most cases, they have a whole portfolio of other brands, try to align to a known intent and looking and using voice assistance to find recipes made sense. So if we could be the best cocktail recipe provider, then might we rise organically and start to get more of that intent volume arbitrated by the platform and landing with a referral, you know, fill out your can fulfill intent tags and get all that in place and start to get volume past your way, even if users aren't asking for your skill and enabling it by name. Right. Uh, we, while in 2017, there was some success around that, that's been decreasing. I think your listeners will probably be well aware that some of that are that organic volume and discoverability hasn't become easier as we mm -hmm. might have hoped. Uh, and so instead it's okay. So what are, if we go back to the initial objective there where fundamentally for Diageo, they're interested in circulating this recipe content. It's, you know, very high quality spirits, high quality cocktail recipes that reference the spirits. Right. Great. They get that to users when they're asking a question, they don't necessarily care that it come from a Diageo branded source. So we've been exploring a range of different solutions that may or may not land on. They may not be exclusively, or they may not even include a third party app. So for instance, on Google assistant, they have the content actions programs, uh, right. these first party vertical programs. When you're over in the Alexa ecosystem, similar things are starting to evolve and you're seeing the way that intents around specific areas and recipes being one of them that we've seen demonstrated interest in over the years. Right. how those are being arbitrated differently. And there's maybe more of a first party program to integrate with. Right. As those programs develop and uh, you know, documentation is released, they come online more publicly. Then for us, the goal is to try to position our clients and it's specific for Diageo and recipes, but you could think across the portfolio of Vayner clients, many different clients will have different uh, intent domains that they want to be well positioned for. Our goal is to try to keep them right up front as these first party programs develop and lean into where the platform is going in terms of intent arbitration so that they're designing for what that system looks like in a six to 18 month time frame, and not what it used to look like 18 months ago. And things are saying uh, things are changing so fast, obviously. So that's, that's, I'm sure that's a challenge to stay on top of it, but, um, but it's very exciting too. Very, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, I think we have the nice, uh, the nice opportunity of, to some degree, and I wouldn't overstate our role there, but being at least an opinion in co-developing those experiences. You know, we're, we're both fortunate and it's a result of four plus years now of being highly in but we're on the Alexa Developers Advisory Council. We're spending quite a lot of time working closely with the platform to also express the, the needs and the desires of the clients we represent in this space, and then also our own point of view on what will work well. And that doesn't mean by any Starts the imagination. The platforms always go with our advice or our, uh, or always like 
address our requests, but it does put it on the table. And if fundamentally they're trying to design a platform where one of the parties involved, users are first and foremost, and Amazon will always be customer obsessed in that way um, to their great benefit, but for brands to play there is going to be important too. And so what that looks like and the way they can buy into a system. That's great. That's great. One of the, maybe just one of the topic we can we touch on it. And it's, it's personally, it's very interesting to me because as a content creator, I'm always interested in sort of what are, what are the cutting edge things. And, and I know that Gary Vaynerchuk has spoke about this on his, on his podcast. And that's the idea of using voice as a means as one channel for somebody like Gary to get his message out. And he's, I know he's spoken about trying to take some of his frequently asked questions and structuring that, um, seems very fascinating to me. Can you comment a little bit about that and what that's all about and how that works and whatever you can share about that? Sure. Yeah. It's um, so Gary has, we have a Gary flash briefing right now. Um, we have not pushed out the, an interactive skill for him just yet. We've certainly, and you can imagine he's pretty vocal about this. We, we pilot these things internally and play around with them. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see one live uh, in the not too distant future. Um, I think the way to think about it here in the case of Gary, kind of similarly to how it is with lots of our clients is we want to think about what is the overarching product system they're trying to develop? What's the place where voice can be un either uniquely or at least fill, a, fill an important role in bringing that to people in a way that they want to use it, where it's you know, probably about speed, hands-free, one of these things. And so certainly question and answer, advice, stuff like that makes a ton of sense. Gary is constantly both publishing and personally out and about uh, speaking to people, giving advice, presenting his point of view on a whole range of topics. And so having a voice experience where you can access those on the fly, 100% makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's an extension of some other digital products that are already kind of out in his ecosystem. That's very cool. And, I, and it makes me wonder, you know, obviously you guys have got the team behind you and being able to structure all of this information. Um, do you see a time when somebody who's more of an independent person will have the means to be able to create that kind of thing where they can go through their content and, and, and assemble it in a way that it's accessible to other people through the platform? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think today it would just be a matter of effort. Like the technology is there to do that today. Certainly you could develop. And especially if you wanted to undertake that project, right? I would start with, the content planning first and foremost, the technical side of that's pretty simple. It's getting recordings and having them tagged well and indexed for what topics you cover, trying to plan ahead so that you're tagging on as many potential um, answers as that might be of relevance to. The other way into this, I'll say, and this opens up a whole other can of, uh, can of worms product-wise, ethically for consideration, would be doing synthetic voice. Um, this is a space where we're spending a lot of time and I'll say, intentionally have not used a synthetic voice solution, and I'll explain what that is in a second, uh, for any live client deployments yet. So when I say synthetic voice, what I mean here, you might call it deep fakes. We're talking about something where record a short, or a comparatively short sample of your own voice saying something, and then have an AI system that can use that to read back any other text you input. And those things can be they are the examples we've seen, I'll say, are very close to production ready today, if not fully there. And we've seen deployments where if you were to really edit and work on a single file, absolutely, I think you can make it almost unrecognizable. We've also seen good detection software is coming along. Um, but to be so you can imagine, let's use the Gary example here. Sure. Gary were to develop a synthetic voice 
uh, using his own voice, then you would actually just have to do the text planning on the back end. You wouldn't need exactly the right pre-recorded snippet as long as you know what the answer he wants to give on a variety of questions are and you have tons of text and audio that he's put out over the past uh, X number of years to source that from. And to your point, yes, he has a team who could be tasked to go and index and saying, okay, here's the 500 most commonly asked questions and here's how Gary answers them. Great. Let's put that together now. And then it'll read it back in his voice. That's all doable today from a technical perspective. Um, a small aside on the synthetic voice side where we stand right now is we are engaging with a number of technical partners in the space, but a huge part of our vetting process there is what are the constraints within their product that they're putting to try and avoid misuse. I think we are, most, most folks in the space would agree, it is likely to be misused in some capacity over the next couple of years. The technology is there and we've already seen examples, um, plenty of highly public examples of video on Facebook that's proved to be inauthentic. Uh, we want to advocate for a system where there's upfront disclosure to the user or the consumer at any point where there's a synthetic technology being used in the production of that audio and video. Um, this would be a topic for a whole other podcast and we'd need a lot longer to dig into it, but you can even imagine already, of course, we use Photoshop all the time, right? We use video editing software. So how do you start to delineate between what is considered synthetic versus what is not? If it's been edited along the way, everything's been edited pretty much that gets out there. So where are we drawing the line? Um, I'll leave it at that. Those are conversations that we are having actively both internally with platforms, with our clients, and importantly with some ethicists in the space who we think bring a different perspective and come at this hopefully with a, from a vantage point where we can try and get ahead of some of these cases of misuse and at least have thought through what we can do to try to be on the right side of history there. Right. That is absolutely fascinating. That's really, really cool. And I, boy, yeah, that, that, that does open up a whole new can of worms. Yeah, that, a topic. yeah. Oh boy. I'd love to, you know, find some other time and just dive into that more. But anyway, that's fantastic. Um, that's a, well, I think we'll leave it there for today. I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I really appreciate that. Where can uh, listeners learn about what you guys are doing and connect with you and all, the whole bit there? Absolutely. Um, for me personally, the best channel is probably LinkedIn. Um, Patrick Givens there, easy enough to find. Uh, VaynerMedia.com, we do have an inquiry form there. If anyone's interested from a business perspective, mm -hmm. please send a link through. And that's probably going to be our best thoughts of, other than obviously following across Gary and VaynerMedia, across social channels um, as an agency, we are pretty constantly communicating all over the place. Fantastic. Well, Patrick, real pleasure to chat with you. Thanks again for spending some time. And uh, well, yeah, lot, lots more to talk about. Hope we can do this again sometime soon. Love to. Thanks a lot. There you go. Huh? Pretty cool. Pretty cool what they are setting up uh, and getting the pieces in place to do with Gary Vaynerchuk and his content. Uh, of course, these guys, VaynerSmart, are some of the leaders right now on the cutting edge truly uh, of what uh, what you can do with voice technology as part of marketing. So again, a big, big shout out to Patrick. Thank you so much, so much for spending uh, some time on the podcast. I really appreciate that. Uh, as always, I will have the show notes page with the links to things that we spoke about, uh, and you can access those at alexaincanada.ca slash 116. 
Now, I also promised I wanted to let you know about this contest that I'm running. And just very briefly, there'll be more information on the website. And, and if you want to check that out, you can simply go to alexaincanada.ca slash logo contest. But essentially, yes, I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff in voice technology. I've got multiple podcasts, multiple blogs, uh, flash briefings, uh, the briefcast.fm network, everything under really my personal brand and voice technology. And so I feel like it's time to put these all under an umbrella of myself as the brand. Um, you know, nothing's going to change with these individual assets. They're going to stay there, but they're all going to fall under Dr. Terry Fisher. And I'm creating a new website, drterryfisher.com. It's not up yet, but it will be. And of course, I need a logo. And so, again, who knows me better than the community? That's, you know, this is where I'm going to, I'm sure where I'm going to find the uh, the ultimate logo for my brand. And so I'm holding a contest. Uh, you can win prizes. And of course, you can win uh, the publicity because I want to feature you. I want to let the community know who is the one to come up with this uh, winning entry. So I won't say too much more about it here other than just please check out the uh, the um, details if you're interested. Share this if you know somebody that's a graphic designer would be interested in uh, entering this contest. You can get those uh, details at alexaincanada.ca slash logo contest. All right, have a great week. I look forward to speaking with you again next week and uh, take care. Have fun. Talk to you later.